0: Alright, take your Bibles now and open them up to Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2. Begin reading in verse one. Paul, he's writing to the church at Ephesus, he's talking to believers, to Christians here, and he says in verse one, and you hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins. Uh, Quicken uh, means He he made us alive. And He said, hey, and you hath He made alive who were at one time dead. Paul said, hey, I was alive once, uh, but when the law came, when the commandment came, uh, sin revived and I died. Uh, Sin brings death, does it not? It brings death, but the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ uh, can quicken us, make us alive, bring us new life. He says, and you hath He quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins, Wherein in time past you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit which now worketh in the children of disobedience, among whom also we all had our conversation or our way of life, in times past, in the lust of the flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, Look, if, we're, if, if something doesn't happen to us, if we don't accept Jesus Christ, if we're not born again, if we're not supernaturally changed, you know what's going to happen? We're just going to, by nature, go the way of the world. We're just going to desire, we're just going to try to fulfill the desi- our immediate desires, the desires of the flesh. The desires of the mind you know he talks about in first John the, the pride of life and all those sorts of things that we just will fulfill naturally uh, you don't have to teach a child to do those sort of things we come by it naturally he says, and at the end there of verse of verse three of the of the mind and we're by nature the children of wrath even by others. do you know why do you know why we sin? I know we all know we sin. It shouldn't take too much to convince us of that. But you know why we sin? It's because we were born with a sin nature. It was passed down from our parents, which came from their parents. And you know what? We could backtrack this and follow it all the way back to Adam and Eve. We have a sin nature. You know what salvation does? Salvation doesn't try and fix up the old nature. You know what it does? It gives us a new nature. That's why he calls it born again. He gives us a new nature. A nature that is incorruptible. Incorruptible, the Bible says in John. He says in this verse right here, verse 4 is amazing. I mean, he just, let me just, that's not a very pretty picture, is it, of humanity? That he just, Paul just painted there. I mean, we're just on our way, just walking like, just fulfilling the lust of our flesh, just doing whatever feels good, do it. Whatever we thinks right, do it put ourselves first, do it. We're by nature sinful. We're like, come on, Paul. That's not very nice. But verse 4. But God. Amen. We're here to celebrate Jesus Christ on Christmas. And you know why we celebrate Jesus Christ? Because if it wasn't for Him, we'd be stuck in verses 3 and verses right. 2. We'd just be living after our own flesh, following after sin, having no hope, but God. But God came. And He gave Himself. He says, but God, who is rich in mercy. Aren't you glad that God's rich in mercy? Amen. For His, and I like this, great love. You know you are loved. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You're loved this morning by the One that created you. And it is a great, Love. He proved His love. In John chapter 3, and verse 16, it says, But God so loved the world that He what? That He gave His only begotten Son. He said, how do I know that God loves you? He gave you Jesus. He gave Himself. He came Himself to pay your sin debt. He said, but God, who is rich in mercy... For His great love, wherewith He loved us, even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ, made us alive with Christ. And then He says this, and I want you to say it with me. By grace ye are saved. Isn't that good? He says, by grace ye are saved. Verse 6, And hath raised us up together and made us to sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. That's now that in the ages to come, and then he starts talking about our bright future, that in the ages to come, this is what we have to look forward to, those that have received the mercy and grace of God. But in the ages to come, He might show the exceeding riches of His grace and His kindness toward us through Jesus Christ. For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, It is the gift of God. Say, gift of God. Gift of God. God. Amen. Not of works. Lest any man should boast. I've said this before, and I'll say it again. When we get to heaven one day, we might be seeing each other and walking around, but we're not going to find someone that's bragging about how they got there. Everybody's going to get there the same way. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And if we get there, and when we get there, it's because of grace through faith in Jesus Christ, period. He says, verse 10, For we, those who have experienced the grace and mercy of God, for we are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works. Are we saved by good works? No. But once we're saved, God begins to create us, and mold us, and form us to do good works, right? To serve Him and do His will. This morning, I get to talk about my favorite subject. And that is the Gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Paul says in Romans chapter 1 and verse 16, For I am not ashamed of the Gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, the Jew first and also to the Greek. Why was Paul not ashamed of the Gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ? Because it was the only hope for mankind was the only hope to have that new nature, to be born again, to be reconciled to God. Yeah, the Gospel story is the babe in Bethlehem, sure. Absolutely. It's it's not about man becoming God. It's about God becoming man. And He came through the Virgin Mary. And He was born as a helpless babe. But then He became a man and He... He came for one reason. Jesus Christ came for one reason. And you know what that reason was? Salvation. Salvation. He's not just the babe, although we remember Him as that. He came as a babe, but He's also the mighty God. Those are some of His names. The Bible calls Him wonderful. Emmanuel, which is God with us. You know Jesus Christ? He said, I am the light of the world. He is the King of kings and Lord of lords, the Prince of peace. He came, He came for one reason, and that was for salvation. You know what salvation is? It's a gift. You see that in verse 8 there as we were reading? He said it is the gift of God. Salvation is a gift. You say saved or salvation, saved from what? When when someone says they've been saved, it means that they've been saved from the penalty of their own sin. It means that they have been saved from death. Did not Christ defeat death? He did, didn't He? And if Christ is in you and we are in Christ, we have the hope of what? Eternal life. You've been saved from hell. You've been reconciled to God, made right with God. Let me ask you a question. What makes a good gift? If we're talking about gifts, we're talking about uh, uh, Christmas time, all kinds of gifts are given. What makes a good gift? I I think one of the things that makes a great gift is if there's a great need. If there's a great need and that need is met, the Bible says in Romans chapter 6 and verse 23, but the wages of sin is death. But he doesn't leave it there. He says, but the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. You know why salvation is the greatest gift? It's because salvation is the greatest need. Salvation is the greatest need for all mankind. For every woman, every man, and every child, the salvation to be have their sin debt taken care of. You say, you mentioned hell, and you know that's probably not all that nice to talk about on Christmas. But but when you think of when you think of the gift that saved you from that place, the joy that fills your heart, to say, hey, I deserved it. I, I sinned against the Almighty, Holy God. But but <coughs> that God, He justified me. He cleansed me. He forgave me by mercy and grace. And that is a gift. I mean, when you see that gift of what... We could spend the rest of our Christian lives just studying what happened to us the moment we were saved. So many good things, so many great things happened to us at salvation. You know, I think what also makes a great gift is great desire. If you really want something... I believe, I have to believe, that in in each person, there is a desire for purpose. There is a desire to be in a relationship, a fellowship, and family with God, their creator. All over the world, in all kinds of societies, and all kinds of cultures, people are worshiping. They are creating gods in their own mind, creating gods with their own hands. And so I have to believe it is in people to want to worship, to want to fellowship with their God. And salvation, salvation is that way. It it, it, it is the way to God. It is the way to that fellowship and that relationship. Why? Because sin has entered and it has destroyed and it has broken, that fellowship. But through salvation, by grace, through faith, that is completely mended and made right. And our deepest desires can be met through salvation. All over the world there's needs. And it's good if we can meet them. There's those that are hungry. There's those that need just basic necessities such as water and protection, things like that. And it would be wonderful if we could help them. We could do something. But I, I propose, and I'm not saying this lightly, they need salvation by Jesus Christ greater than they need food and they need water. You say, really? Yeah. Because salvation is eternal. We're talking about salvation is eternal. You look at the story of the rich man and Lazarus and you see which one made the right choice. So, Take your Bibles and look to Romans open them up to Romans. Romans is written by uh, Paul the Apostle and it's been said about Roman that it's as if Paul the Apostle is presenting evidence to a jury that salvation is by grace through faith. Throughout the Scripture, he is building a case that salvation is by grace through faith. And it's... The theme of, of Romans is the Gospel of God. And he's clear in Romans. By the way, Romans, it's interesting. In, in, in how your Bible is laid out, you have Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John the Gospels, then you have the Acts of the Apostles, and then the very next book is Romans, which is pretty significant because all the books before there have to do with The Jewish people, the nation of Israel... And then all of a sudden, that book, Romans, is just Gentile to the core. You can't get more Gentile than Romans. And in there, he says, God is no respecter of person. Whosoever, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Romans chapter 5. You say, who is this great and free gift? Offered to, whosoever, anyone, everyone, who will. Romans chapter 5, we'll begin reading in verse 15. He's talking about, if we were to get into the context and read more, is Adam, Adam sinned and brought sin into the world, and sin brought death into the world, but Jesus Christ, the second Adam, came into the world, And he lived a sinless life, and his sacrifice on the cross of Calvary brought life, brought forgiveness. Just as Adam brought sin by that sinful nature, Jesus Christ brought life by that heavenly, godly nature through salvation. So pick it up in verse 15. But not as the offense, so also is the free gift. We're talking about the greatest gift this morning. For if through the offense of one, many be dead, much more the grace of God and the gift by grace, which is by one man, Jesus Christ, hath abounded unto many. So in other words, Adam sinned, and Adam passed on a sinful nature to us, right? But Jesus Christ, He did not sin, and He can pass on a supernatural a holy sinless nature it's hard for us to believe but it, you know when you accept Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior you now have a sinless nature in the sense of you have two men the old man and the new man you have the, the carnal man and the spiritual man right and the one who's born after God he, 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 he loves holiness righteousness and truth I'm sure this week, all of us can attest to the struggle between the two. <laughs> I mean, I know I can. Yeah. There's a struggle. There's the old man that he, he, he didn't get saved at all. <laughs> There's a new man that is one with Christ. He said, uh, verse 16, "...and not as it was by one that sinned, so is the gift." For the judgment was by one to condemnation, but the free gift. Let me add: Can you buy salvation? Can you work for salvation? I just want to get to make sure we're all on the same page here. It is a free gift, is it not? It is a free gift. He says, "But the free gift is of many offenses unto justification." I like that word justification. You know, you know what justification. One one way to remember it, just as if I never sinned, justified. You say, but I know I've sinned. Yeah, but when God looks at you through the blood of Jesus Christ, you are justified, just as if you never sinned. He says that he imputes Christ's Christ's righteousness to our account in salvation. You know what? Right to be righteous means to be right with God, to be in right standing with God. <laughs> Isn't it amazing that this morning you and I can be justified and right standing with God only because of our faith in Jesus Christ, the free gift? I, I'm just trying to say, this This should excite us. Amen. I mean, this is the best thing that's ever happened to us. Yeah. Being saved, being born again is the best thing that's ever happened to me. It, it is the greatest thing that has ever happened. It's amazing. amazing. It is amazing. It is absolutely amazing. (laughs) He said in verse 17, For if by one man's offense death reigned by one, much more they which receive abundance of grace. Have you you received an abundance of grace? I know I have. I've received an abundance of grace. (laughs) And the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one who... Jesus Christ. Therefore, as by the offense of one judgment came upon all men to condemnation, even so by the righteousness of one the free gift came unto all men unto justification of life. Verse 19 For as by one man's disobedience many were made sinners, so by the obedience of one shall many be made righteous. Moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound. You know why we have the law today? The law of the Old Testament, Moses' law? It's our schoolmaster to lead us to Christ. In other words, that's not how we, that's not what we live by to prove our righteousness to God. Our righteousness to God is proved through Jesus Christ, but the law is there to prove to us that we have sinned to show us that we need a sin, He says there in verse 20, For over the law entered that the offense might abound, but where sin abounded, grace did much more Amen. abound. Uh, look, yeah. you look around in the world today, sin is abounding. But I've got good news. Yeah, grace does much more abound. It does much more abound. Verse 21, that as sin hath reigned unto death, even so might grace reign through righteousness unto eternal life by Jesus Christ our Lord. He says there that the gift of salvation through Jesus Christ brings or gives eternal life. Now, I could just say that real quick and just move on. But if we stop and think about that, what a claim. What a claim. That by our faith in Jesus Christ and the death on the cross, He promises eternal life. What a gift. (laughs) As Christians, as followers of Jesus Christ... Do we have a fear in death? Now we don't want the process, I understand. But do we fear what happens after death? Do we? We don't. We don't have to. Why? Because we have the promise of eternal life through Jesus Christ. The gift. Jesus, He came to bring life, to give life. He says in John chapter 10 and verse 10, I came that you might have life, and that you might have it more abundantly. I truthfully believe this morning that salvation can save you through Jesus Christ, that you can be born again. But then, you can choose to draw close to the Lord, in fellowship with the Lord, in a relationship with Him, You can choose to walk after the Spirit on a daily basis and truthfully experience the abundant life. You say, what's the abundant life? Does that mean all my problems are going to go away? No. No, not necessarily. Does it mean I'm not going to have any sickness or pain or sorrow? No. Not necessarily. But you will have a peace that passes understanding. You will have joy unspeakable and full of glory. You will have just a a fellowship with God almighty and whatever comes your way you can you can you can say it is well with my soul I am okay inside I believe that that is the abundant life I have the fruits of the spirit inside of me you say where does that come from that comes through Jesus Christ what a gift Amen. he said that he's the light of the world in John 8 verse 12. Then spake Jesus again unto them, saying, I am the light of the world. He that followeth after me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. Jesus said this in John chapter 3. He said He didn't come into the world to condemn the world. The world was already condemned. We're already condemned. He said, I didn't come into the world to condemn the world but that the world through Him might be saved. What a claim. I, again, we could just read past that real fast and think, oh, that's good work. But think about that. He said, I, did, I came into the world that the world would be saved. Whosoever will, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. I'm talking about the greatest gift that's ever been given in this salvation. That's Jesus Christ. He came to bring joy and peace and truth. We studied that last week. How did He, how did God present this free gift of salvation? He came Himself. He was it. It was Jesus Christ. He didn't send an angel, He didn't send a prophet. He handled this Himself. God became man as a babe and then raised up. And He handled this Himself. And this present was not found under a tree, but Jesus Christ Himself hung on a tree. And it stood for our redemption and our forgiveness. You and I, we don't pray to the cross. We don't worship the cross. But it is an emblem of our freedom. You know, the cross in Jesus' day was not a beautiful thing. It was an ugly thing. It was an awful thing. It meant death by one of the worst ways. But Christ has a way of being able to take awful things and ugly things and make them beautiful, doesn't He? Amen. And you and I, we look at the cross today and we say that's where my sin debt was paid for. That, that emblem stands for my forgiveness and my justification and my eternal life. What do you do with such a great gift? What do you do? That's all. The conclusion of this message is what do you do with such a great gift? First off, you open it. You receive it. You believe it. I I, I am absolutely convinced that salvation is the greatest gift that's ever been given to man. If you're here this morning and you've not received the greatest gift of salvation, just do it. Just by faith, accept it. Believe it, and receive it. For those that have received it, give it away. I believe that it is the will of God for each and every person to be saved. The Bible says in 1 Peter, God's not slack concerning his promises, as some men count slackness. It was long suffering toward us, not willing that any should perish. He's given us a free will, and there's some that will reject Christ. Actually, the Bible says there's many, but it's His will that He died for the, to save and forgive the sins of all. So, if you've not received Christ as your Savior, why not? Why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you receive this free gift of salvation? And if you have received it, then give it away. Tell other people. Have a heart. Have a burden for those that are lost. Through this season, this holiday season, and in the next year, 2016, what if we said, we're going to give away the free gift of eternal life through Jesus Christ? Maybe to one person. I'm not trying to say that it's our responsibility to save the world. But wouldn't it be wonderful, I mean absolutely eternally wonderful to lead someone to Christ next year. One Amen. person. One person change their eternity. Change their eternity. You say, how do I do that? Pray for them. Open our mouth in boldness when the door is open. And tell them the good news of Jesus Christ. It's just as simple. Hey, the gospel is simple, so why would we want to try and complicate it? It's simple to us, and it's simple to me. The greatest gift that's ever been given is Jesus Christ.